All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to The Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. Do know because we had the question. I didn't know the answer. My, my gut was like, I don't think so. But they said, could Daryl Cates offer in his negotiation with McDavid and Drysital a small, you know what? I don't care, half percent, whatever of ownership. Concurrent players have a percentage of ownership at the same time now. Do you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a there's an allowance for that in the CBA, but okay. it also counts. But it counts against the salary cap. Oh, there you go. So. So it's not a, so people are trying to think can they offer let, let, let's say Connor McDavid and, and Leon Drysdale two and a half percent each of the uh, of the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Well, then there's a procedure that go, yeah. you go through to evaluate what that two point five percent would be, and if they're getting that, then it becomes part of a, a calculation for what the charge would be on the salary cap. Okay, so uh, that would be pretty high, is what I'm guessing based on the recent evaluation of teams. So, and as junior- so, so Mario, so I heard you talking about yeah. Mario. So what happened with Mario is that he had signed his contract, but yes. Pittsburgh had no money. So yeah. Mario, so Mario took back equity in the team, and boy, like what Mario did was he, he said, "Okay, you can't you can't guarantee me my money. Well, I'll take the potential upside." Well, that upside turned out to be pretty big. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, looking back, that was a. Uh... That was a very astute move by uh, Mary Lemieux because uh, what he got in that, uh, he was never going to get paid in salary, that's for sure. Not even no. close. Uh, also, uh, just so you know, it's juniorprospectshockeyleague.com. I think I said .ca. It's .com if I didn't say it, but it's .com. Anyway, Craig, um, the uh, you know there's lots going on right now in the league. The, uh, the Edmonton Oilers can become the first team outside of the Eastern time zone 
to win 13 games in a row. It's only ever been Eastern time zone teams that have done it. And I was looking just at travel this year. And I know that it's like, I wonder how much you think travel is a factor. Like it's hard to win a lot of games. And there's been some great teams in the history of the NHL based outside of the Eastern time zone, but they've never been able to win 13 games in a row. How much do you think as a guy who is the GM in Calgary and you look at Calgary, especially look at Vancouver and LA and those teams, like I looked this year, San Jose travels 88,000 kilometers. Detroit travels 45,000. That's a pretty significant difference. Oh, uh, and you think about like you know the Oilers on the twelve-game winning streak, and you think about those great Oilers teams, and you know they couldn't even do that. Travel's massive. You know, I was talking to Rick Ball, the the uh, play-by-play uh, person for the Calgary Flames, and he told me the, this was last week. They they came home to play Ottawa, and I think he said they had played uh, seven games in eleven days in four different time zones. Yeah. If I recall correctly, I could look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. Now, think about that. That, It's hard enough to go and try to win when you're fresh. Now you're traveling. You're in four different time zones, and and the teams you're playing are good, and they're fired up and everything. So I I definitely travel makes a big difference. And and, and, and you're also trying to, so much of the time, you know, you're trying to maximize your home schedule for your your fans and, and, and everything that goes with it. And the other part of this is you got to go and play games on the road. You got to play three and four back to back. And the, and the home teams like Edmonton, just for an example, they don't they, they don't have home games for the most part back to back. But yeah, there's the odd they got to they got to go play back to back games. It's hard to do. It's it's hard to it's a, it's a hard road, pun intended, to try to to try to put wins like in, in, in consecutive order to this magnitude, and that's why it hasn't been done. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, the uh, the Oilers uh, winners of twelve in a row, Craig. And uh, they're doing it in fashion we've really never seen from this group. Uh, it's 10 consecutive games that they've only allowed two goals or less. Um, they, they've got for the, and 30, and if you extend this, isn't like it's a 12 game heater right now, but this is much longer than that. You know, they're 22 and six in their last 28 games In their last 30 games. They're uh, second fewest high danger chances, third fewest shots, fourth lowest goals against all the while being the second high scoring team. Like, it looks like they figured out finally how to commit to playing sound defense night in and night out. Doesn't mean that every game is going to be that way, but for a long period of time here, they've shown. And then when they do have a breakdown, their goaltender makes a save. Well, you just nailed all the numbers. We can look at what they were before the coaching change and after the coaching change. And and, and it's you were never going to be worried about the Edmonton Oilers' ability to create offense. But their defensive play was what was – causing all the problems. And I I believe watching their team play under Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey is that you watch them play and he and, and the last two games they fell behind two nothing in both those games. But they just kept playing. They didn't try to push uh, themselves into positions where they created more vulnerability and the uphill climb became steeper. You know, they beat the uh, Winnipeg Jets the last time the Winnipeg Jets gave up three goals. I think they're on a 20-plus 20, 20 game heater with two or less goals and 34 giving up three or less. That was against the Edmonton North. That game, it was one nothing, And then Darnell Nurse scores a goal. 
Hellebuck blows it, and it's 1-1. They end up getting a power play goal, <laughs> and it's it's the win. And and that, to me, and I was right in the building in Winnipeg, I believe that was on uh, November 30th, and they showed me that night, okay, they're going to – like the things were in place. All they've done in the time since then, six weeks plus or just about, is they've continued to play that way. I, I believe watching them perform that – they have ingrained in themselves, we, we don't have to worry about offense, but our commitment to defense and that we are going to be positionally sound. We're going to be structurally uh, like disciplined. That's, that, that's where it's at. The, the goaltender, I mean, everybody was ready to uh, goaltending, get him out of here. Darnell Nurse, let's send him somewhere else. You know, what are all the problems? And, and, and so I think that that has been significant for the team. Connor McDavid talked about it in the summer. We have to be better without the puck defensively. They weren't through 13 games. They have been through 26 or 28 with Chris Knobloch. I think Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey deserve a tremendous amount of praise and credit for instilling in the team. Because you, 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 can, you, you can say, hey, this is how we got to play, but to instill it in the team, to encourage it, to reinforce it for the players to buy in, it, it, it's, it's hand in hand. And the Oilers have done a magnificent job of it. Greg Button joins us. Uh, uh, Yanni Gord, uh, you know, that, that to me I thought was a pretty easy suspension uh, to call. He, his feet left the ice uh, before, before contact. He, he, he jumped up clearly. And, you know, he's frustrated. And I'll say this. Yanni Gord play my team any day, man. I, uh, um, he, is, uh, he is a gamer. Um, he obviously lost his cool uh, in that game, no question. But we really haven't seen a lot of, like, direct. And that was, it, it was in Ekholm's face. He even had the little cut on his chin. You know, it didn't hurt him at all. It didn't look like. But we we really haven't seen that anymore. You know, like the, the blatant kind of direct headshot. Well, and, and, and there's no penalty for jumping at a player. There's a penalty for <laughs> for boarding a player for making the initial point of contact ahead, which is exactly what Yanni Gord did in that game. I mean, they called it boarding. And the minute I saw it, I said, boy, that's uh, that's the, the initial point of contact was the head. And certainly, uh, you know, there's no rationale. I don't care why he's mad or what happened previous. You can't go and act like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the face-off with McDavid, it seemed to have started off the face-off with McDavid, and then it built from there. And, and I got to say this, I didn't get a chance to do it last night on Sports Center, but I, McDavid went right after Gord after he did that to Eckholm. You know, you talk about a team bound together and, 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 and in it for each other. I don't think there was any better example of that. And then I loved Eckholm pointing at Gord in the penalty box. Like, he was basically telling him, like, that is not cool. (laughs) And, but McDavid stood right in there. He stood right in there, but I I think it was off the face off. that got the ire, uh, but not not unacceptable. And at at, at the end of it all, to to me, it was a situation that merited a suspension and, and, and certainly uh, the actions of Gord uh, certainly uh, were his and his alone. And I don't care what the rationale is. You can't go do that. Craig uh, Button joins us from uh, TSN. Craig, I think if, if we had to pick one team, I think it would be unanimous across the NHL right now 
that who is the the biggest positive surprise in the league? I don't. I, I didn't see anybody who had the the uh, Philadelphia Flyers where they're sitting. And and the thing about the Flyers is, you know, a month ago people were like, oh yeah, they'll slow down. Well, now they've just won five in a row. Like they're really showing no signs of of slowing down. What's impressed you most about the Flyers? And if you're the GM, do you have to do you look to re-sign Sealer and Walker, and and or at bare minimum just ride it out and then see what happens after the season? Well, listen, I, I didn't have this for the for the Philadelphia Flyers. I think John Tortorella has done a fantastic job of coaching and teaching the players what it takes to win on a night-in, night-out. He, he took Morgan Frost and said, you're not good enough, you're not playing. He, he, he's taken Cam Atkinson, you're not good enough, you're not playing. You know, Bobby Brink started out the year, not good enough, you're not playing. Setting a standard for how your team is going to play and holding it accountable to me, has to permeate through the organization. It starts at the top. It goes all the way through to the coaching and to the players. And I'm going to get into an example of where that isn't happening. But when you think about what John has done, the younger players have come in, you say at a minimum. So the Flyers are in a position. I'm not trading Nick Sealer. I'm not trading Sean Walker. What am I going to get for those guys? A third-round pick that might help me in five years? Like, give me a break. Like, you know what? Unless somebody comes in and overwhelms me with an offer for Nick Sealer or Sean Walker, if I'm a, comp- a team, I-, I would I would be phoning and asking them, but wh- why aren't the Flyers looking to reinforce their team with these yeah. guys? I don't need to sign them right now. I'll wait to the summer, you know, if, if that's what I want to do. But I'm not trading them. I'm not – you know what you tell your team if you go and trade those guys? You're basically telling them, like, Really? You, you you just traded guys that are helping us win, and then you ask us to win? Like, you can't do it. And, 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 and I'm going to go to my spot where it's at. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been terrible in L.A. And oh. now I hear, well, the optics of sitting him out. You know what? Todd McClellan should sit him out because what he's doing is not helping the team. I don't care about optics. And you know what Rob Blake should be doing? He should be encouraging Todd McClellan to sit him out if that's what Todd wants to do. That's how good organizations run. And I love Rob Blake, and I think the LA Kings are are, are a really good organization. But you can't let the idea of optics, because we made a big trade, and it's about getting him to play to his level of capability. Pierre-Luc Dubois is so far below that. They're not having that issue in, 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 in Philly because – he is supported all the way through the organization. Yeah. No, uh, it is interesting about Pierre-Luc Dubois because he, like, I was one that everybody's like, oh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, they got all these great centers there. But I was like, well, none of them are number ones. You know, no, Kopitar is not a one anymore. He was for a long time, but not at this stage of his career. I don't view him as a number one. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, I felt, Craig, I think he's one of the most inconsistent, high-paid players in the game. When he's on, he can be really good. But unfortunately, he's off almost as much as he's on, and that's a concern. It's it's a real big concern. So so what do you do? And, and Bruce Boudreaux, I was talking to him, and he said that like you try to find 
what's the biggest thing that motivates a player? And, and so if it's ice time, then you take away ice time. If it's whatever it is, they said that's to, to get him to play to his capabilities. But this idea, and that's what John Tortorella has, when I say coaching and teaching the players what it takes to win night in, night out. Like all the players know that Pierre-Luc Dubois isn't, isn't pulling his weight. Like, and so now you're going to say, and I'm talking about outside noise. I'm not saying Rob Blake, but you're not going to say, well, you can't sit him out because of the optics. <laughs> like, you know what the optics are? The players in the room are looking at him and going, you're not holding up your end of the bargain and who's going to hold them accountable. Every player in Philadelphia knows that, that they got to hold up their end of the bargain. And I think that, you know, and I'm not saying that Todd's wanted to do that, but if it comes to that, you got to allow Todd to, to establish that as well in L.A. because that's what good teams do. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Craig, uh, I think everybody knows what they need as a defense. Easier said than done. Um do you see guys that are natural fits for them? Like Chris Tanev, is is it too obvious for them? What, what you know, you look around the league. Is there anybody else you look and say, hey, I think that'd be a good acquisition for the Maple Leafs back end? <laughs> I think the I think the Maple Leafs are fundamentally broken. That's what I think. I I think unless they can, uh, you know, really make some additions to their forward group really make additions to their defense group. I, 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 I'm saying additions, not yeah. an addition, additions. The goaltending is shaky, and the way they play is shaky. I, like, Brad Trillivan's watched. I think they're a team that unless they can go and really significantly support their group, that they're not going anywhere. I'm not so sure that maybe just taking a step back might not be the best path for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think I think that uh, Chrissy High should be coaching them because they're the pretenders in Toronto. Ooh. Ooh, I like that line. Nice. Um like I I like their forward group. I just think they gotta play uh, they they need better uh... You like you don't you like you like four forwards, maybe five. You don't like anybody else. Don't try to pretend with me. Uh, Tyler well, Bertuzzi has been a disaster in there. He is out of shape. He makes well, dumb mistakes time and time again. Max Domi has four goals. The depth of their forward group is no good. Like, come on. Like, like Kelly Yarncroft gives you a good effort. Oh, Matthew I like Dyes is Like, Yarncroft, but- like, they got some guys. I, I'll say this. I would, And I've said this at the start, and people go, I, I had said it beforehand. In the summertime, the guy I would have traded is Mitch Marner, not because I think he's terrible, because I think you can get something for him, and you can take that money and spread it out over two or three. It's like Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Winnipeg Jets. That's how I view Marner. Now, Marner's better than Dubois, but I view doing that trade, I think, would help Toronto, because even if you trade Marner, well, you still have Matthews, and you still have Nylander, and you still have other high-end offensive guys. Like, John Tavares isn't elite anymore, but he's still decent. Right, so that's what I would have done in the summertime, and I, and to me, if Toronto doesn't move one of those guys, I think it's always that's going to be what what holds them back. I could be wrong, but that's how I view it. I totally agree with you. So, and that's so I 100% agree with you, Jason, and that's why I say I'm, I'm not looking. I'm looking longer term here with Toronto. I think that where their issues are are not about things that can be corrected at the trade deadline. Listen, the the one point ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Detroit Red Wings. Do we talk about Tampa and Detroit being Stanley Cup contenders? Yeah, fair point. So why are we talking about Toronto as Stanley Cup contenders? I'm not.
I don't see it. I'm not buying them. Lastly, what about Colorado? How concerned are you about uh, the amount of games Georgiev has played, how he's played in those games, and even the amount of chances? Like, I see some people talk a little bit about Vancouver, but I was like, Colorado gives up a lot, considering, you know, like, what what do you make of that team? And, and like, obviously they're very good. They got high, high-end talent. But, like, what about Georgiev? Like, do you trust him come playoffs, Craig? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I, I, I think that the Colorado Avalanche have, have, have talent. I think they went off in the, in the, pre, in the offseason getting Miles Wood, trading for Ross Colton, you know, were really good additions. I mean, that line with Wood, Colton, and O'Connor has been a good line. We know Ranton and McKinnon. But he, for me, Nachushkin's back in the, in, the, in the player assistance program. Sam Girard just got out of it. Georgiev is, a, is an up-and-down goaltender. They've had injuries. I, I just I, – I, they just feel like a team that has enough to win – and just enough to lose. <laughs> I, I like, like I, again, Jason. I'm being very clear here. I, I, I could bet on Colorado, but I don't think I'm going to take money out of my own pocket to bet on them. Yeah. All right. Uh, the one thing about Domi, I know he hasn't scored, but he's actually his five-on-five production is pretty good. I've looked at Domi's five-on-five production. He's not scoring any goals, but his actual points five-on-five are pretty good. He's a half a point a game, playing second line center. Top, top, maybe not second line center, but he's getting minutes. Half a point a game. If you, if that's what you want for half a point a game, then be happy. If you yeah. think that's Stanley Cup contender, go ahead. I like. I'm not buying them. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I'm not buying them either. But actually, Domi's the one guy I don't mind his production, considering like basically they're they use their four forwards and Riley on almost the whole power play, right? Kind of like Edmonton. Yeah. Like Edmonton's guys, it's. You know, if we look at overall point production, you kind of got to look just at five on five because there's a lot of guys who aren't going to produce big numbers when you don't get power play time. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You know, the playoffs are about who's going to who's going to push the pace, who's going to be a difference maker. And I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs have enough. 
Well, I'll say this. Um, I thought your observation on Bertuzzi, it was, it was interesting you mentioned that because he does, he looks a little step behind. And John Tavares is, to me, John Tavares, is spe- they need speedy wingers to play with him to be successful. I agree 100%. And, and, and I, I, again, somebody that can open up the ice for him a little bit. And yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm watching Tyler Bertuzzi play this year. He, he, he just offers very little to that team in my view. Yeah, well. Now you see maybe why Detroit was like, eh, we're not too upset to get rid of him. <laughs> yep, and 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 why and and why Boston might not have been too eager to re-sign him, and why the rest of the league might not have been too eager to sign him, and he's on a one-year contract. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's another prime example. Not every guy who's a pending UFA has a great career year, Craig. We always talk about the ones who do, but I'm like, well, we can let's do the guys who are having good career years as a UFA, and then let's do the guys who aren't because there's it's almost even every year. There's lots of guys in the final year of a deal who don't have great years, and then uh, so that's just how it goes. Craig, yeah, well, I, you know, you, you you talk about it. I mean, after the game in Edmonton the other night, Toronto, I mean. It, it was amazing. I thought Matthews was excellent in his post game comments, but I, I I thought that you know you know when when you come out Toronto statistically their two worst defensive games were against Colorado and Edmonton. Colorado last Saturday, Edmonton on Tuesday this season, and you know to hear players Mitch Marner specifically come out and talk about how great they're playing. Oh boy. Like, I mean, I think that's another problem that the Leafs have. I, I don't think I, I don't think they've gone through that reality check of <laughs> this is the what we are and, and we better come to a reality check. I, I think the Leafs and I've said this commonly, Jason, I think the Leafs talk about winning. I don't think they walk the walk. Craig, have yourself an awesome weekend. We will chat with you next Friday. Stay warm. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 